Hey there folks, welcome to another episode of Movies for Guys Who Like Movies, joined as always by a guy who does give a gee whiz about every, about, about somebody, I would say, Josh Davis. Hello, I do give a gee whiz about movies, I do give a gee whiz about this podcast and this team. <laughs> oh, I love it. He's the, um, he's the Philip Rivers of, uh, of the, of the, what was there, Lee, AFFA? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't swear. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, we're doing Any uh. Given Sunday. Football season's right around the corner, so I'm excited for that. Well, not really, because I don't think my team's going to be very good. But I, I enjoy the the watching of football on Sunday, even if my team's not good. So You can live vicariously through me and Caleb's team this year if you like to, but I doubt that's going to happen. Uh <laughs> If it was just your team, maybe, but I, I can't. I I don't like seeing joy in Caleb's world. So. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but you know, it, I was I would have rooted for the 49ers had they signed Philip Rivers. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I saw the. That would have been an all-time great story. It's <sighs> interesting. Well. A story maybe for for Hollywood, which is what uh, we have with any given Sunday. It's um, man, where do you even begin? I guess we could start where we always start with the time capsule. Um, the hell was I doing? This came out uh, <clears throat> see, December twenty second, nineteen ninety nine. So I guess getting ready for Christmas, getting ready for Y2K, that whole what thing. What a time. What yeah. a time to be alive. Do you ever have anything malfunction at your house for Y2K? Uh, I don't think anything malfunctioned specifically due to that, no. I had a, like a um, little desk clock. Like you just put it on and it had the date and time. And then when it midnight hit, it went to 1900. <laughs> But then I just bumped it up to 2000, so it fixed it. But that was the only thing. <clears throat> supposed to end the world. But it's it kind of... <laughs> uh, that's that's a great episode of uh, King of the Hill, by the way. Y2K episode. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy that, like, 20 years ago, well, 23 <laughs> years ago, we thought that the computers weren't smart enough to count from... 1,999 to 2,000. And now computers write movie scripts for us. <laughs> yep. What will they do in another 20 years, right? Who knows? Uh, our champions. Let's see. We got WWF champion, The Big Show. Whew. That was a that was a rough reign. <laughs> I think that was going to end shortly after this episode. <laughs> yeah. This one... Oh, I'll, I'll never forget this one. I reviewed this on, uh, what was it, 2015, <clears throat> well, or maybe 2016, I forget. 
when I had a wrestling podcast. My friends and I reviewed this particular Nitro. The WCW champion was Bret Hart. Oh. After he beat uh, Goldberg? Yes. Well, so... Ugh. And it's it's funny, because this happened... This is very topical, because on, on X last night, which, by the way, you can follow us at EC underscore Hero or at EC85 or Josh, you know best. On X last night, everybody was complaining about the Texas Chainsaw Deathmatch, whatever. I didn't think it was very good. But people were going like, oh, this was was one of the worst things in wrestling I've ever seen. Like, stop. Stop. And it's so funny that we're doing this because here's what happened on this particular Nitro. First off, there's there's fourth wall breaking all over the place on this Nitro. Vince Russo loved to do that. He loved to tell you that you're just watching something fake. Bro. There There was a scene... They're in Russo's office, and Piper knocks down the wall, literally breaking the fourth wall to show that, oh, his office is just a set. Um, But the main event, I'll never forget, it was, they did it, they tried to do a a Montreal screwjob the night before at Starcade. The night after on Nitro, the title was vacant. It's going to be Goldberg versus Bret Hart. (laughs) And here's what happened. You can go back and watch if you think I'm lying. Bret Hart is beating up Goldberg. The they they do a ref bump. They're doing the NWO again, the short-lived silver and black NWO. So Hall Oof. and Nash come down to help Oof. out uh, Gold or uh, help out Bret Hart. And here's what happened. I swear to God, the referee starts to come to Piper comes down to help Goldberg and covers Goldberg to like shield his body from all the <laughs> stomps and everything. The referee so counts. Bad. The referee counts three as Piper is covering Goldberg, and Tony Schiavone's like, I, I, I think Bret Hart's the champion, and it's like, you want to tell me that this 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 dude dressed as Leatherface in like a five minute stupid match was the worst thing you've seen? Your world title changed hands when someone not in the match pinned someone else, and a third, uh. like, get get out of here with this is the worst thing I've seen. This was all-time hilarious and bad, and it's just... Not uh, to mention Jeff Jarrett was part of that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Jarrett, was, Jeff Jarrett had both these things in common. <laughs> he, he was in the, the death match and this, oh, this thing. Silver and uh, black crap. Oh, so bad. Oh, boy. Yeah, and Bret Hart lost it like a couple weeks later because he could barely walk anymore because he was so concussed. But that's actually a pretty sad match to watch. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that. I'm just like watching it, and and none of my friends picked up on it because I was recapping it, and I'm like, did you guys notice that Piper pinned Goldberg, and they counted three, and Bret Hart was awarded the title, and Piper wasn't even in the match, and it kind of <laughs> clicked, and I'm like, yeah, that did happen, and no one talks about that. They talk about Russo winning the title or David Arquette. No one talks about oh, the yeah. fact that Roddy Piper pinned Goldberg, and Bret Hart was awarded the title because of it. That's what happened. It's crazy. Don't tell me that last night's dynamite was the worst thing you've seen, please. That was nothing. Yeah. Come at me with that. This is this is WCW ninety nine two thousand. You don't even know bad. Uh, anyway, people don't know because they weren't back there watching it. They don't know. No, they like to be prisoners at the moment, but not me. 
Uh, ECW champion, technically Mike Awesome, but yeah, Mas- Mike awesome. but Masato Tanaka had won it prior to the movie's release, but it hadn't aired yet. I guess technically mm. it'd be Masato Tanaka. Mm, whatever. And then uh, IWGP champion Genichiro Tenru, who uh, I was first exposed to at WrestleMania 7 as a kid. Rockers and uh, Orient Express. No, 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 no. You got the wrong Asians. It was Demoli- Demolition's final match. Oh, uh, okay. And they gotcha. he wrestled Tenru and Katal, and they okay. just were never seen again. And then Tenru came back to try to eliminate Lex Luger in the Rumble and was unsuccessful. I'm thinking uh, Royal Rumble, Rockers and Orient Express. Which is a low-key great match. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep. Uh, number one song, Seasons Change by Expose. Can't again, be... huh? Oh, was it again? Was that last week? I could have sworn. Oh, shoot. Maybe I didn't do the number one song. No, you're right. I didn't do the number one song. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Okay, December 2nd, 1999. Number one song on... Okay, we're going to figure this out together. <laughs> that sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I said that, I'm like, wait a minute. That didn't seem... I bet it's a Christmas song. Let's <laughs> see. 1999, here we go. It is... Oh, wow, of course. The song of 1999 that was number one for like 100 weeks straight, Smooth by Santana. Mm, <laughs> How could nice. I forget that? That got... Man, that that might be the king of overplayed songs. I was just... You couldn't turn on the radio and it wouldn't play. <laughs> okay. So this particular movie, Any Given Sunday... Uh, well, we'll start with history with it. Cause, uh, I did not see it in theater, but I've seen it like a bunch of times since on uh, TV or DVD. Yep, I saw it in theater back when it came out. Great Christmas movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, budget fifty-five million, box office one hundred point two million. That's forty-five point two, eighty-two point nine with inflation. Critics fifty-two percent. We've established they don't know anything. Fans. 73%. Maybe they don't know anything either. I would say... Oh, another piece of history with this movie. It's uh, one of the movies I own as a uh, movie poster on my wall. And not only that, it was a... I, I remember at, at, at a job one time, somehow <clears throat> a favorite movie got brought up, and I mentioned this, and my supervisor overheard, and he's like, Eddie, you just got a lot cooler in my book. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's a popular movie. I mean, oh, it is a cool movie. Yeah, and I've I've seen it debated on. It's it's polarizing too. Yeah, I've seen it debated on first take, and they were talking like best sports movie, and this got brought up, and uh, Skip and Jay Crawford hated it, but Michael Smith loved it for the same reasons I did, and that's because of how authentic and real it is because i mean i like the movie rudy it's there's a lot of lies in rudy rudy was offsides rudy uh, is the blood sport <laughs> of football movies yeah rudy was offsides the never the players never turned in their jerseys in protest <laughs> um 
I like Rudy, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of bullshit in Rudy. Yeah, per your per your boy Joe Montana, who was on that team, he said yes, Rudy was carried off at the end of the season, but they did it as a joke. <laughs> that was per Joe Montana, who contributed to Notre Dame's success far more than Rudy. Is one sack in garbage time. Uh, and then remember the Titans, also a great movie. We reviewed it. I love it, but also yeah. full of uh, they 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 sugarcoat it. That and filled in, fill in a lot of gaps and yeah. yeah. And sure. yeah, they they Disney fight it. Yeah, this movie uh, they they did not. It's it's completely real and authentic. And I wrote down. I wish I could come up with ten, but I only came up with. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eight. I only came up with eight parallels between this movie and the NFL, but that's pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, this movie is not trying to do some realistic, uh, it, you know, yeah. uh, take on something like trying to tell a story that supposedly happened. This movie just is what it is. Yeah, and a lot of these things, other than one hadn't even happened yet. So this movie kind of predicted the future in a way. So, you know, this, uh, kind of, it's unrelated, but kind of a similar thing, uh, show that was only on for one season. Was that show playmakers? Did you, did you ever watch that when it was out? I wanted to. And then when I got canceled after one season, I was like, ah, never mind. I liked it. Well, yeah, it did get canceled after one season. I think they threatened it and got it shut down pretty quick. Yeah, ESPN aired it, and uh, NFL didn't like it because it was kind of realistic like this. Um, I, I, it kind of reminded... There was the show uh, Ballers, which was good for a few seasons, and then it got it got weird, like The Rock. Um, it stopped being about football, and they moved into, like, Rock was trying to start a TV channel for X Games sports. I'm like, where, what happened to the football? Where is this? Yeah. And then... Ugh. Like then they pivoted back to football and the Rock bought the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like oh the the Hunt family sold the Chiefs. Like why in the utter hell would you sell the Chiefs? Like you have a quarterback who could win you like five Super Bowls and you're like I'm out. <laughs> like let me sell while the while the stock is high. Like yeah, why do they pick the Chiefs of all the teams to do so that? So weird. I don't know. It's like so and then they're like. Yeah, the Rock part. The Rock. There was one season where like the Rock went to move the Raiders to Las Vegas, and then by the end of the season he changed his mind. And then it's like the very next season they were just in Las Vegas. And it's like, what was <laughs> the point of that? And um, um, he got UFC uh, or not UFC USC a uh, TV deal, which uh, not with the Big Ten Network, I guess, but. Yeah, it just got weird. But it was great when they were, like, financial agents in Miami. That's when the show, for me, was really good. Um, But then they just tried to do too much and stopped being as good. Now he's going back to the Fast and Furious franchise. Well, he, you know, as I I said, as soon as that post-credit scene happened, I was like, yeah... Rock, uh, he he admit he's he he admitted to himself that his box office stardom has slipped and he's got to go back and recharge. <laughs> when he showed up at the end of Fast Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's like eh, Black Adam didn't do so good. 
What's that other movie he was in? River Cruise or Jungle Cruise? Like yeah, that Jungle wasn't, Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Like my my star power is slipping. I gotta I gotta get back to basics. <laughs> so now he'll probably do some. He'll do a couple more of those movies. He'll do some other spinoff stuff probably. Yeah. And oh, another uh, show, not that this is a serious take on football, but I'll just <clears throat> ask, did you ever watch the sitcom Coach back in the oh. 90s? Oh, yes. Loved Coach. I did, too. That was great. Yeah, um, from uh, I went to the same high school as uh, Luther. It's Jerry Van Dyke. Same high school. Really? Yep. Him and his brother, Dick Van Dyke. Same, mm-hmm. same town, same high school. Hmm. I went to the same high school as Dick LeBeau. Oh, nice. Yeah. Not the Van Dyke brothers, but yeah, no, I liked uh, Coach. I know they were going to like reboot it for a, a little bit and then that got canceled, but that was oh. good. Yeah. I would have watched a Coach reboot. I loved that show. Yeah, I loved Coach. I used to watch it all the time back in the day. I bought the uh, show on DVD because I was watching it. It was several years ago I was watching it. I was on the final season and Netflix just dropped it. And then a couple years later, I started it up again. I was on the final season yet again, and Amazon Prime dropped it. I'm like, out of hell with Whoa. it. Let me just buy it. And uh, <laughs> I bought it and watched the final season. And uh, it's not as good when he goes to the pros, but. Yeah. Oh, well. It's good in college. That stuff's good. How many seasons was it? Like four or five? Oh, no. There's like nine. Really? I didn't remember it being that long. Yeah, he, he well, he, I mean, he's, I, to me, the show was always best when he was coaching a bad team, but you can't keep them bad and have him keep his job. Like, the, eventually, the Minnesota State had to get good. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's like when you're just watching it in syndication and reruns, it's like you don't really keep track of, you know, realize how many episodes there are of it when you're just watching it that way. Well, we have quite a cast to get into with any given Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout out Charlton Heston <laughs> as yeah. the Paul Tagliabue, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, I like that he's in the movie twice as two different characters. <laughs> he's the commissioner and in Ben-Hur. Yeah. Um, tons of cameos in this. Uh, a lot of football people on it. Yeah. Dick Buttkiss drops a... The, the gay slur. <laughs> uh, Terrell Owens. Yeah. Um, most of these were just um, footage, like old footage. But I think Dick Butkus and Terrell Owens were like actual characters in the movie. But like <sighs> Y.A. Tittle and Johnny Unitas, those were like old footage. I think John, Johnny Unitas was a coach and it wasn't he. Oh, was he? Thought he was. It could be wrong though. Could be. Wilt Chamberlain. He was uh, not a. He was a. You know, whatever. Um. Let's see. Shout out to Elizabeth Berkeley as Mandy, the high-priced hooker, who was, uh, of course, Jesse in Saved by the Bell. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Remember that? Yes. Mhm. I dropped that gift earlier today. I'm like, this is perfect. This fits. Johnny Unitas was a coach, by the way, and maybe I just looked it up. I thought he was. Was he the guy that dressed like, uh, <laughs> um, shoot, um, the, um, 
trying to think. The Cowboys coach, Tom Landry. That was it. Uh, maybe. There was one coach who dressed exactly like Tom Landry. Although, here's a thought I had. Speaking of uh, Mandy the High-Priced Prostitute, I think this is the first and only movie I've seen with a uh, women's vagina on the screen. I don't think it exists in movies anymore, unless it's (laughs) NC-17. Which I've seen one NC-17 movie, which was Blonde, which is atrocious, which was a fake vagina, so I can't really count that. So I'm going to say this is the only one. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've seen any other than this. Well, there was, what was it? Was it Road Trip with Tom Green? That had full frontal, but not in between the legs. But full frontal is very rare. Um, well, what about Showgirls? You know, I haven't seen Showgirls, but she's, Elizabeth Berkeley's in that, too. Yes. <laughs> I feel like they had to have showed that in there. I mean, I haven't seen it. From, I can't confirm that, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Shout out uh, Aaron Eckhart as Nick Crozier, the offensive coordinator. you got to say it right. Uh, he's an offensive coordinator. Yeah. What does he know? Uh, Jim Brown as Monte Montezuma Monroe as the defensive coordinator. He did a good job. Yeah, he just looked like a defensive coordinator. <laughs> That's the one thing, other than, like, obviously Lawrence Taylor, like, all the people they cast looked like, looked exactly like the part that you would think. Yep. I mean, Lawrence Taylor obviously was a linebacker, so obviously he looks like one, but... Uh, like, all these people, like, Jamie Foxx looked like a young quarterback like that, and Dennis Quaid looked like an aging quarterback, and uh-huh. even LL Cool J, Jillian Washington, he looked like an old, uh, like a aging power back, oh, yeah. like an Eddie they, George in his, his twilight yeah. years. Yeah, they did a good job casting. I mean, even, like, uh, James Woods did as the uh, the trainer guy. The head, the head uh, physician. Harvey Mandrake. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I can't hate... I know James Woods isn't popular. He's he's in two of my favorite movies. So I, this and Casino, so I can't... Uh, ah, Casino's so good. I can't I can't hate the guy that much. But, uh, yeah, he's such a great, like, sleazy doctor. And uh, the thing that's funny is, it's like, he's kind of right. I mean, he's not... But he also, he's right, you know. I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's he's wrong, but what he's saying is not wrong. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, he's you're right. He's wrong for what he does, but he's but he's not the only one. He's not the only one that's looking the other way. Yeah, and then the new doctor ends up falling into his trap, which I yep. thought was a good touch. Uh, Matthew Modine. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the uh, the big the big ones. We'll start with uh, Jamie Foxx as Stephen Willie Beeman. He's great. This is his star making moment. This movie. It's really made him a national celebrity. I know. Hope he gets well. I would love to see a, a sequel to this, and I feel like you would need him. Um, Has there been talk about a sequel to this? I don't know. I mean, why not? There's a 
my go my go to is a there's a prequel to Willy Wonka because Willy Wonka's existed for what over fifty years and no one's wondered how did how did Willy get that chocolate factory but Hollywood's yeah. decided now you need to know so my thing is everything's up in the air now everything can get a sequel now at at this point so why not let's see what happened with the when uh, Coach Tony D and, and Willie went to the Albuquerque Aztecs. Let's see how that turned out for them. <laughs> they know they're making a heat, too. so Of course. But that, I mean, they made a book. So. I own I own the movie Heat. I should rewatch that. This is his birthday today. De Niro. Oh. Happy birthday. No, yeah, happy birthday, De Niro. And also Pacino being in it. Yeah, he was in oh. our movie a couple weeks ago, Joker. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jamie Foxx, like I said, he looked the part. Uh, you know, twenty-six year third string quarterback. Uh, you guess he's been in the league for what five years or something, maybe four or five. Yeah, years. I think five years. Been on four different teams. Some teams tried him out as cornerback, and it didn't work. And yeah, he slipped in the draft because of an NCAA violation. I mean, it's realistic. That kind of shit happens. Mm-hmm. That's one of my parallels. <laughs> well, not anymore. It doesn't happen. But uh, I mean, it's hard to find those diamonds in the rough now, especially at that position. Yeah. Um, for me, one of the two highlights of the movie I have is Dennis Quaid as Jack Cap Rooney, who looks like Brett Favre's brother. Like, <laughs> like I would absolutely buy that he was a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he looks the part, 100%. Yeah, he's the aging veteran. He doesn't swear, so he's Philip Rivers. There's a parallel. I'm nine now. Cap Rooney doesn't swear just like Philip Rivers. Okay, now we're up to nine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he was great. He's he's the former league MVP, three-time. It's like Brett Favre, pretty much. He, he basically is Brett Favre. Uh we have Cameron Diaz as Christina Pagniacci, the GM slash owner of the team, who I loved, because this is the kind of owner I would be, just very hands-on. I don't know if I'd be GM, but I'd be a very hands-on owner. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like her trying to leverage and move the team to uh, L.A. I don't, I don't like that, but... Um, I do think, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, she did get the stadium upgrades for the Miami, even though her team wasn't doing what the Dolphins are doing. Yeah. And still, and we both agree we don't like the fact that they, in this universe they have the NFL existing also. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, in the Why 80s, do- the USFL was popular and they got a lot of good names, but... By the 90s, it's like there was nothing that was ever going to compete with the NFL. I don't know why Oliver Stone didn't just make it his league exist in his universe and the NFL does not exist. Yeah, it's just... And it's like they're two throwaway lines, too. Like, the the movie doesn't change by getting rid of those lines. It just lessens his league and doesn't do anything for the NFL. I don't know. Didn't do anything for the movie. So it's like, why was that line in there? Yeah, it's very strange. There's two lines about referencing the Miami Dolphins. And then I guess if you want to really nitpick, there's a Cowboys banner. But, like, who cares? Um, 
it's weird though. It's like when they're, they're at the old Dallas Cowboys stadium, but it's like, this is not an NFL game taking place in there. So it's kind of cheapens the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know why they couldn't just, just for that game, just like replace the banner and just say Knights, you know, Pantheon cup champions, 1970, whatever. And yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't even care that they showed like old footage of like, um, NFL like leather helmet days like that fine maybe care. that's why maybe they had to show old footage of fo- like football that mattered they had to acknowledge the NFL existed maybe maybe I don't know it's strange yeah uh, but no Cameron Diaz did great in this um, yeah she's she, good she clearly favored the you know Nick Crozier over over Tony D she wants to be new school Tony D's very old school so Trying to think, how many old school coaches like Tony D are in the league anymore? I only Bel- counted like two. Belichick and Reed. Yep, that would be it. Um, the closest I mean, thing beyond that would be Tomlin, kind of, but he's nowhere near as long as tenured as those guys. Yeah. Now, Coach Tony D, I mean, his, you know, well, we'll talk about him right now. Al Pacino is Coach Tony D'Amato. Ooh, ah. I loved it. He's the he's the star of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is a movie with a lot of stars in it and a lot of quotes, but he's the star of stars. And I think it's very fitting that the movie ends with him, the camera on him. You know. Yeah, I mean he's not the biggest guy, so it's hard to imagine that he was a former player, but. Um... I mean, he just, to me, I bought in completely that, like, this guy is a, not only is he just a coach, and a great coach, but he's also, like, got a messed up personal life, and, you know, he's old school, he's very resistant to change. I mean, I love the scene where he's talking about, like, yeah, you know when the game was, was ruined is when they when they cut to a commercial during a drive like that's when it stopped being football like that's such an old man yells a cloud thing to say but i loved it for his character so yeah he's great all right let's uh jump in we start off with a quote from the great vince lombardi who uh coached what the wisconsin Icemen was at the team i think glancing at their schedule is that what they said? I th- well, there's like a schedule that they show that the Miami Sharks had, and uh, a lot of the teams you didn't see in the movie, but I think one said the Wisconsin Icemen. It's like, okay, Vince Lombardi, instead of Green Bay Packers, Wisconsin Icemen. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'll, go- <laughs> I'll agree with that then. Uh, but he said, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, his greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear, is the moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle, victorious. What a what a football guy quote. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll set the scene a little bit. The Miami Sharks are a... Uh, what they win two championships i think they mentioned i think so uh, but they're a team on the decline they they all their all their star players are older they got a lot of bad contracts 
You know, they they need to head to a rebuild, but they're just going to try and win one last one with this injured group of old players. Unfortunately, they're on, what, a three-game losing streak. Yep. So we got <clears throat> Captain Jack Rooney, free, three-time league MVP. Uh, first play of the game, well, first play of the movie, he gets taken out. Brutal hit. Probably get called for a flag today. And, uh, yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak. Attendance is down. The Crosstown Dolphins are prospering. Which, don't worry, they won't for the next 20 years after this. <laughs> um, That's the, uh, what, the last year of Dan Marino right there, probably, huh? I think so, yeah. Dan Maybe. Marino and Jack Rooney. they just yeah. two old guys in Miami. Both of them having their swan songs. Yeah. Dan Marino lost by, like, 40 in his last game. <laughs> well, uh, Jack won his last start, technically. Yeah, he did. Good Tony, for him. And Tony Romo's final NFL pass was a touchdown. <laughs> so, anyway, next play, the backup. He's taken out. And in comes Willie Beeman. And he's okay, but ultimately they lose from a bad call from Coach D. He loves the run game. <laughs> yeah, that show off Julian, that showboat. He didn't uh, hold on to the ball with two hands. No. So, we see more of Tony. There's scenes where he's he contemplates paying for a hooker, which uh, <laughs> he later will. And he's estranged from his ex-wife and son. I completely forgot about this when I rewatched it. That he calls his son, or his, he calls his ex-wife. Asking for his son's phone number, and I think he sounded surprised to know he had grandkids, or else he was like begging for his son's phone number to learn about his grandkids. I don't know; it's unclear. But either way, he's uh, not very close with his family. Yeah, he's a little bit too invested in his job, and his family is just not in his life. Yeah. Um. Next game, Beeman comes in, and uh, I'm trying to remember. The first the first game was the Minnesota Americans, which uh all-time lazy name from them. <laughs> uh, so the next game, he comes in. He does energize the offense a little bit, and they, they end up winning. They end the losing streak. Um, was that the... They were playing L.A., um... I believe it was. And so Beeman wins. Uh, they have this big victory party. And um, of course, this is where we get the you ain't doing what the Dolphins are doing. And uh, they have this whole big thing where like Beeman and his girlfriend break up because she didn't introduce him to the mayor. And she's bothering him while he's studying the playbook. And also the girlfriend's not really fitting in with the football wives. They're being real catty. And Yeah, she, she's not got a ring on it. She ain't legit, basically. And in the bathroom, Julian and was it uh, Sanderson, the wide receiver? Yes. Yeah, they were both doing coke. and Played by Bill Bellamy. Yep, heavens, yeah. And I, I liked him, too, because, um, I mean, he didn't have a big role in the movie, but... Like, you always need a, a number one wide receiver. Yep. And then you can trade him to Philadelphia for nothing. Exactly. Um, I know all about that. Uh, <laughs> Terrell yeah. Owens got oh, the yeah, same treatment. Did. 
Yeah, and then he, well, then he ended up in the shark, so you're okay. Yeah. <sighs> so next game, sharks win. Beeman's playing well, starting to be a big star. Gets ad deals, and then uh, scores some drama with the owner and team doctor. Um, this I liked because they're going. There's there's like there's two injured players on this team. There's Luther, the shark, Levey, who uh, got history of concussions. One more hit could do him in. And then you got Jack Rooney, whose uh, his back is all screwed up. And they're like, which one can play, which one can't? And Shark is like adamant about playing because he's got to get his bonus. And Jack's kind of hesitant, so. A million dollar bonus. It's going like a sack and three tackles or something. Yeah. And um, they have this uh, this dinner party. This was great, where uh, Luther told uh, Willie, he's like, when you go to his house, you got to bring flowers. He's like, okay. And then he brings flowers, and Tony has no clue why he did this. He puts them in the fridge. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Let me, let me get a vase for these. Let me get someone to put these in. Huh. Yeah, put them in water or something. Yeah. So he tells him at dinner he's going to start Cap Rooney in the playoffs. And at the party... Willie's dissing the defense, so Shark cuts his car in half. <laughs> Where this, um, I gotta say, I was on the side of Shark. I mean, cutting your car in half is a little excessive, but Julian's right. You know, Willie, he was, he was, um, he's he was doing getting, too, he's doing he, too much. He was getting a big head. Yeah. He was talking bad about the defense, not doing their job. He called the shark a wash up, and it's like Julian's like, you haven't done anything to diss people on your team, which he's right. He's only won what two games at this point. Yeah. So that's that's Willie being frustrated, and he finally got his turn, and now he's playing for himself. Is all that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Willie, right. they didn't know it at the time, but Willie Beeman would be a composite character of I I put. I guess three different quarterbacks that I, I listed. Uh, although it's hard to list his gameplay because you don't actually watch him play too much. Yeah. But I suspect, I put his play as Michael Vick because I suspect that's kind of how he played. But, I mean. Well, that's bef- even before Michael Vick even made it big, though, so. Yeah. Well, that's that was another thing that the the movie got right is like they predicted running quarterbacks to be the future. Yeah. I, I mean, they were, there's 10, they were, there's 10 right there. They were just starting to, it was just starting to kind of transition it out a little bit right yeah. around that time. So they were kind of ahead of that curve. I mean, like Michael, there was, there was a couple guys before that, like Steve Young, Randall Cunningham, McNair, Cordell Stewart. Some of those guys ran for sure. Yeah. They could all, I mean, Michael Vick was the one everybody thinks of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, McNabb. Yeah, McNabb. Cole Pepper. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously remember McNair running a lot, and that was yeah. uh, a big change from what you normally see mm-hmm. with the Marinos and Favre. I guess Favre ran a little bit. Yeah, he did. Uh, Elway did, too. Yeah. But not uh, not to the extent of some other ones. But, uh, yeah, so, and, and look, Tony is completely justified in starting Cap Rooney. I mean, any coach would do the same. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know. 
Um, He's been so, starting for Tony for that long. I mean, yeah, Tony's not just going to throw him to the side. Yep. And we have uh, our final home game. This is for uh, home field advantage. And it's pouring rain. It's against New York. Sharks lose ugly. So no home field, adva- no home field advantage. And uh, Beeman and Julian get into a fight. He's like, what's wrong? You forget your invisible juice? <laughs> Which, that was his big thing in the commercial. And his, uh, his, his interview with this Skip Bayless guy. <laughs> the Miami Skip Bayless. Yeah, played by uh, John T. McGinley. He did a good job in that role. Yeah, he's hateable sports he writer. To be, he was supposed to I think he was supposed to be like a Jim Rome at the time. Yeah, I mean, he, de- well, yeah, definitely comes off as Jim Rome, but I mean now because Jim Rome's nowhere really. It, yeah. It's definitely like you think of Skip Bayless, but yeah, at the time, definitely a Jim Rome. Um, so the the good doctor wants Luther to get this MRI, which he finally does. Luther gets the MRI. He's medically cleared, but uh, old Mandrake switched the MRIs uh, to try to fool the doctor. And, you know, he decides he's going to play. Whatever. They make him sign a waiver, which I don't think that's how that works. But, Mm-mm. you know... Um, that he's going to play. He wants his bonus, and then uh, Tony fires Harvey for switching the MRI. I loved where Harvey is, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or daughter, but she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be his girlfriend, yeah. mistress. Could be his mistress, maybe. I, I could see him having a wife, and it's just like a girlfriend that hangs around, you know? Yeah, with uh, no brawl. Yeah. And uh, so Cap, he has uh, Tony over for his house for dinner. He says, uh, you know, he's like, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't play. And Tony talks him out of it. And then he tells his wife, he's like, I think I'm going to retire at the end of the season. You know, I got a buddy at the station. We can, I can get into broadcasting. And she slaps him and just dismisses this idea. She's like, you have two or three good years left in you. I will not listen to this. <laughs> I've always thought that she was a total bitch for that. I know, right? She's she's addicted to the lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> she likes she's being not, the wife yeah. of an MVP quarterback. She means more to her at this point than him. She yeah. doesn't want to she doesn't want to give it give it up. Yeah. So, before the big game with Dallas, the new ethical team doctor ends up giving Luther an unnecessary cortisone shot, showing that ultimately he's no different than Harvey. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the uh, there's the big playoff game with Dallas, the Dallas Knights, and the world's ugliest uniforms. <laughs> Those uh, are like NFL Europe uniforms. Yeah, they are. There's it's the only uniform I've ever seen with no numbers on the front. It's like a big cross. <laughs> uh, Do you like any of the uniforms in this movie? I like the Sharks uniform. Just the basic black and white. Yeah, they're, I'm trying. I mean, the Minnesota Americans is kind of cheesy, yeah. but I, I kind of like that. I think Albuquerque Aztecs is a cool name and has potential to be a good uniform. I just have to, we don't see it. Yeah, maybe they'll bring them to Albuquerque one day. Yeah. 
So they do the playoff game. Cap starts off all right, but ultimately he's not. I mean, he does cough the ball up after a sack. He, you see him like staring into the crowd, and he's very hazy. Um, but his final play of his career, I guess, he jives into the end zone, does the Sage Rosenfels helicopter tackle. Except Sage, I believe, coughed the ball up when this happened to him. Uh, but Cap did the helicopter tackle, landed in the end zone. He's clearly concussed. And then they show his wife, and she clearly realizes, oh, I was wrong. My husband can no longer play this game. <laughs> he got uh, battered on that one. Oh, she's and, so much nicer and dumb and dumber. Yeah. <laughs> And during halftime, Tony switches to Beeman, which, of course, there's the argument where Christina comes down and tells him to switch, and he's like, I already did, but he's like, you embarrassed me in front of my players, so... I like that scene. I did, too, because it shows that she's not a hands-off owner, and it shows that he's like, just let me do what I do, and... This is ultimately, like, the reason why he left. Because he talks about, throughout the movie, like, you know, this is my last year of my contract, da da, da. He's always reminiscing about the good old days with uh, her the dad. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you, you know, your dad always let me do this, and your dad always let me do that. And then she would be like, well, why do you think my dad made me the GM and not you? And it's like... Yeah, he's like, your dad didn't meddle in the football. Yeah. I also showed that he, like, actually cared about the players, too. Like, the way he pulled her aside and didn't let her talk like that in front of the players. Of course, we get the big famous scene where the player loses an eye. Hmm. It's, it's just one of those things that Oliver Stone loves to do. <laughs> just throw in randomness. Yep. Um, so with less than two minutes left, Dallas is up four. They go for it on fourth and short to ice the game, but Luther stops them in the process, likely ends his career. Um, but... He's uh he made the stop so Sharks get the ball uh they they I liked this where they they scored like on the first play with to TO actually but then it was holding so I liked so that. weird watching watching him wear number eighty two in the movie <laughs> it was weird it always bothers me he should have been what it was eighty one yes yeah eighty one's a great wide receiver number that's my favorite. Maybe he didn't want people necessarily knowing it was him. Well, he should have had a different name on his jersey instead of I don't Owens. Know. I don't know. It's so weird. I don't understand why he would be in the movie with his name and then not have the number. It's very weird. It's, it's He's the only current NFL player in the movie, too. That's <laughs> so weird. Uh, hmm. So, final play of the game. Slow motion, of course. Four seconds left. Three yards to go. Beeman runs a play-action rollout, uh, but he takes it in himself. Miami wins. Hooray. So, I liked that they uh, ended it on, like, just a playoff game. Because a, a cheesy movie would be like, oh, and then he got him to the Super Bowl, or, sorry, the Pantheon Cup. And they won, and it's like, but that's not what happened. Yeah, it's like Major League. Like, they yeah. get in the playoffs. Yeah. So, we actually have quite a bit in this end credit deal. So, the uh, end credit, it's revealed that, yes, Tony is leaving. Everybody knew that. And he's going to the expansion Albuquerque Aztecs. 
as the uh, coach and GM. And they all the, the press conference they make they frame it to where we the audience and everybody in the press just thinks he's retiring. Is there all anybody's thinking, including Cameron Diaz and everybody with the Miami team? They just think he's retiring. Yeah, and then so they're like, all blindsided with all of this. Yeah, which Albuquerque's a good city for Tony. Uh, sure. I mean, look, I've I've been to Albuquerque, I've been to Miami. They're both great cities, but they're very different. So Albuquerque's way more chill. It's a it's a big city, but it has a small town feel. And given that they only have like a minor league baseball team and a Mountain West college, if you gave them the equivalent of an NFL team, that would be like the easiest press to ever deal with. So he wouldn't have to deal with the, the Jim Rome guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the big bombshell. Well, there's actually two. <laughs> we do learn. I always took it as the Sharks lost the next playoff game. Yeah. But it occurred to me in the in the Dallas huddle, their quarterback, who I found out was actually played by an actual CFL quarterback, um, he mentions, oh, one play, we're on to Minnesota. So clearly, the, and then Willie mentioned he's going to win the next game for Cap. Wouldn't make sense for him to lose the next game for Cap. So I guess... And then uh, Wikipedia suggests that they went to the championship game and got blown out by San Francisco. Hmm. Could be the AFC or the equivalent of the AFC NFC championship, or it could have been the equivalent of the Super Bowl. All right. But it does feel like that maybe they won two playoff games at least. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. And maybe he, maybe Willie Beeman just wasn't ready for the moment in the title game. Could be. I like that they threw in that they got blown. It's like a, not a Hollywood ending. It's like, no, your season, you didn't win this championship. You got blown out. It's like the, uh, do you remember the season that the, I think it was like 2000, the year the Ravens won the title? Uh-huh. The Vikings that year were also really good, but they got just annihilated by the Giants in the title game. Like forty-one to zero or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it might be like that. Dante Culpepper was like really good that year, and then it just they got killed in the title game. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yep. Well, congrats to your 49ers for winning the Pantheon Cup. All right. <laughs> but the big the big news is uh, as his first order of business, Willie Beeman, and I guess his girlfriend because they made up. Uh, is coming to uh, Albuquerque to be his starting quarterback for the Aztecs. <laughs> this is where I think a, a sequel would do well. It's like, you know, not that I like wondered like, oh, how did they, what happened to the Aztecs? But it's like, you know, you could do like what what's next for Willie Beeman because his whole thing is he didn't want to just be a uh, ghost on the wall. He wanted mm-hmm. to be more than that. Which uh, brings me to my list of parallels between this movie and the NFL. And I already mentioned two. We had the um, running quarterbacks being the future. And then the other one that I mentioned that I forget. (laughs) Um, So these are in no order, by the way. So first one, Tony Deanna Hooker, Robert Kraft. I mean. Yeah, yeah easy <laughs> and yeah. it's it's probably even worse because you're you hold an owner to a higher standard i would think 
Mm-hmm. Um, a team moving to L.A. Not just a team, but a second team. They kept bringing that we got to have a second franchise in L.A. That was such a big thing. And now, everybody, like all the f- fans, like you and me, I didn't think L.A. needed a second team. I didn't barely thought they needed a first team. I still don't think the fans in L.A. care. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, one team is fine because it is a big market, but, like, the Chargers have no reason to be in L.A. It's so stupid. Yeah, I yeah. Hate it. The San Diego never should have lost the Chargers. No. I, I hate all the, I hate teams moving, and it's it sucks for the fans. Yep. Um, we have uh, them discussing... Actually, this just happened. Um... Christina and and Tony D are discussing trading away the franchise quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that deal. Although, unlike Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, Cap retired before they could trade him. He's just too banged up. It's like Peyton Manning. Like that would have that would have been Peyton Manning if Peyton Manning was forced to retire. Yeah. Here's, I mean, this is. You could pick a million incidents, but I just chose one. But players partying with hookers and drugs. I put Vikings late cruise, but there's so many incidents of that. <laughs> so, But the Vikings late cruise, probably the most famous. Um, this one also just... Actually, I'll save that one, because that one might be my favorite. Uh, Willie Beeman uh, dropping in the draft because of an NCAA violation. That's a good parallel. Uh, His composite, so plays like Vic, I assume. I don't know. I didn't really watch him play, and it's also not real. But uh, personality-wise, he's a mix of Colin Kaepernick and Johnny Manziel. (laughs) (laughs) He's very, very, uh, I don't know what the word is, he gets on the dude's radio or the talk show and he talks about like, oh, you know, how many percentage of the league is black and well, how many black coaches are there? Very few, right? Now, how many owners are there? None. That's right. And uh, so he's he's very into the fact that he's a successful black guy and he's trying to elevate, you know, and and he's like, it's not really racism, it's placism. We have to know our place and. Of course, the host is this super white dude. Like your fr- your stuff is so fresh. Give me a pound, dog. Like, yeah, I love I love that guy, John, John T. McGinley. I'll He's hilarious. On, I'll pass on the pound. <laughs> but so he, he's very much Kaepernick in that way, but he's very much Manzel in the fact that a he had the NCAA violation, and two, um, he's, he's Cam he's Cam Newton maybe. He, yeah, maybe he he very much loves being a star. Which if you watch the Manzel documentary, you know Manzel loved being a star. Yeah. I still need to watch that. Yeah, he loved being a star more than he loved football. But uh, I think it was I don't know if I don't know if this was a fake uh fake post or real or tweet, whatever. Um but like some someone mentioned something about uh Reggie should get his Heisman back or else Manziel should have to give his up. Because they, they, he flat out says in the documentary, yeah, I signed autographs for money in college. It's like, why do you get to keep yours, but Reggie can't? I mean, right. it's stupid. Just give Reggie his Heisman back. We all, like like him driving in a Jeep Escalade made him a better college player. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, that never made it any sense. I never agreed with that. No. My second to last one 
This is actually a, a reverse of a real-life parallel. Rooney wanting to retire and his wife wanting him to stay is the opposite of Brady and Giselle. <laughs> so, Might be um, Kurt and Brenda Warner, maybe? Could be, yeah. I don't know. And then my number one, this was uh, just last year, letting a player play with concussion symptoms, just mm. like those Crosstown Dolphins did with Tua. Man. That was bad. I thought Tua might retire this offseason. I really I, did. He still might, man. Like, those conversations are going to come up. Give it another, another hit. They're coming back. You know those talks are coming back very quickly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want him to. I think I don't either. But you, as soon as something happens, you know those talks are coming right back. Yeah, but uh, so hopefully they're prepared for that. But yeah, I mean, here we are in '99, and this movie is making light of the fact that yeah, the NFL just lets people play with concussions, and uh, here we are, 24 years later, and it's like they're still doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's why I love the movie. It's just it's so real. I mean, yeah, Lawrence Taylor's character especially, just he feels like very authentic. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the grade, let me run through nine quotes, and then I'll save the last one. <clears throat> uh, number ten. <clears throat> Wait, did I? Oh, okay, I thought I added two by mistake. Uh, number ten, on any given Sunday, you either win or lose. The point is, can you win or lose like a man? Yeah, that's a good one. Number nine. Uh, this probably should be higher. I don't know why I put it so low. <clears throat> don't you guys drop me. I'm worth a million dollars. Shark. This was a uh, exchange between uh, Coach Tony D and his team, but also Julian. He says, if you're going to act like a loser, raise your hand. If you're going to act like a pussy, raise your hand. What the hell are you doing, Jay? <laughs> Well, I didn't want you to be the only pussy with your hand up, so I thought I'd help you out. <laughs> Very good. Uh, cracks me up every time. Uh, shout out to this guy. This is, speaking of guys who looked like the part, this dude, this lineman, Kelly, he didn't really have a big role in the movie, but he looked like just like a crazy franchise left tackle who's been in the league for like 15 years. <laughs> He's uh, also in the, the movie The Program. Have you seen that? I have not. Uh, you'd like that one. It's a good one. It's foot, another football movie. It's a college movie that's sort of similar to this style of movie, but it's okay. in college instead of pros. James Kahn is the coach. Mm. I mean, I, you'd probably like it. Um, uh, this guy also plays um, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. By the oh, way. More Leatherface references. Yeah, he's a, he's a big guy. Yeah. Well, they just cut to his house randomly. This is part of the uh, Oliver Stone. He just cuts and does random things in movies. So he just cuts to his house. It was a big house, but it's nothing, like, super fancy. <laughs> he's got, like, these giant Rottweilers, and he just randomly cuts to his house, and he's like, Honey, will you put the kids to bed? And she's like, Why can't we hire a maid? And he's just like, Why did I ever get married? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, this one's great from uh, Montezuma Monroe so Luther says calm down you're going to have a stroke and old Montezuma says I don't get strokes motherfucker I give them I believe it 
I love it. Um, number five from old Charlton Heston. Uh, I honestly believe that woman would eat her own young. She would. Yeah. She, uh, I didn't mention, she got uh, in trouble for, she broke a rule, so she's going to have to meet with the league office for threatening to move the team and break the lease. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, she was trying to, I feel like she was trying to get a job or something. I don't know what she was going after. She's like, oh, the people in New York would love me. and Or maybe she was trying to woo them to petition to move the team to L.A., I don't know. She's trying to pull some slick shit. Yeah, know. well, old old Charlton Heston saw right through that. Sniff that bitch out. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is uh this is a quote I still use when someone who infrequently plays gets hurt, <clears throat> where <laughs> they 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 just took Cap off the the field on a cart. <laughs> I know where and you're then going. They, they run. They run back to Harvey and are like, Harvey, bring the cart back. Cherubini's down. <laughs> and then Harvey's like, Cherubini, would he fall off the bench? <laughs> I still use that quote when, uh, you know, whenever. So I like when uh, the next game that Cherubini got to start and he was just terrible. <laughs> He's like, and they're like, all right, let's give the kid a shot. Which I every 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 team has seen a quarterback like Tyler Cherubini, who's just his accuracy is atrocious. It's funny how that works too. Like in real life, that's that's not crazy because a lot of times in real life, the the backup will be just somebody that's the veteran, but the third string guy is actually somebody that's more talented and they could actually move the offense. Yeah, that does happen. I mean, yeah, that's it's not crazy that that happens. Yeah, and some team it's funny because some teams will have like good backups. I mean, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with the backup. Yeah, and then other teams will have just atrocious backups, like Stephen Petermans and people like that. Yeah, Titans have had some really bad ones over the year. Uh, Matt Charlie, Castle, Charlie Whitehurst, Whitehurst, um, old boy from Minnes, uh, Missouri, um, Chase. The, uh, the Jags took in the first round. I can't remember his name. Oh, Gabbert. Uh, yeah, Blaine Gabbert. Oh, Niners had him too. That's true. You had Billy uh, Volek back in the day. Well, Billy. He wasn't bad. No, he was decent for a little bit. It's funny. I Whenever I played Madden, I used the franchise mode with the Titans. He would always um, demand a trade. Like, as soon as I load up the franchise, it's like, <laughs> Billy Volek's unhappy. It's like... He's like, I expect to be pushing Steve McNair right now. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. And what's he did that in real life too, and it's like they <laughs> traded him, and he never played it at all in San Diego. Oh my god! It's like, oh, you traded one backup job for another. Congrats. It's funny how how guys look at their backups like the backup situations, and then you give them a, sh- a shot, and then they just yeah, they just don't do anything. Oh, well, we can't all be Geno Smith. Man, it's crazy that he's still in the league because I I really thought yeah his career was done like ten years ago. I feel like he's not going to be very good this year. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. If he is, uh, I thought that was like a dog growling. <laughs> no, that was me. Y'all know. Uh, um, I feel like if he is, uh, Pete Carroll might just be the best coach in the league if he can. 
if he can keep the Geno magic going for two straight years. Um, number three, quote, yeah. Number three, quote, uh, from Willie Beeman, trying to win, coach. I ain't trying to disrespect nobody, but winning is the only thing I respect. Uh, number two, you can look this one up on, uh, on YouTube, which this movie had a, had a great soundtrack, by the way. Mm-hmm. You listen to, uh, you get to the jazz much miles train or <laughs> miles Davis, Coltrane, <laughs> Tony D's a big jazz fan, but, uh, Willie, not so much. Uh, but number two, I just put the Metrex song. Just the whole commercial. It's so great. The entire thing. The whole thing. Gotta get to work. <laughs> My name is Willie. Willie It's too good. It's that, that was a star-making moment right there. Honestly. Mm-hmm. You can take away everything else from this movie, but that, that Metrex commercial and calling himself Stephen Willie Beeman. Like, that made Jamie Foxx Jamie Foxx. It did. Turned, propelled him into stardom. Like, I think he already had the Jamie Foxx show, but he went to another level after any given Sunday. Yeah. Well, he was acting amongst some greats. With the, <sighs> yep. Al, yeah. Shout out Al Pacino. Just had a kid at, what, 70? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to be close to 80, right? Pushing, pushing 80. De Niro just turned 80. Let me see. How old? I, I know he just had a kid like a couple months ago. Yeah, um, same ballpark. Al Pacino is how old? Let's see here. He is um, born in 1940. Uh, so, yeah, he's in his 80s. 82? 80, 83? 83, yeah. Oh, boy. How crazy is it that on your, like, your 10th birthday, your dad could be dead of old age? (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) Uh, Tony D's dad died in World War II, so. Man. If you ever want to talk about it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that? Go to the Buick. Turn around. I'll toss it to you. Something like that. I was going to get to the final quote, but uh, I forgot. I don't want to miss this again. We will rate any given Sunday. Uh, I'll start. Uh, I mean, I mentioned it's our, it's my favorite movie. I mean, it depends what I'm in the mood for, but it's, it's always going to be in my favorite movie category. Um, I give it a 10 out of 10. It's, Look, the people are like, oh, it's unwatchable or it doesn't have a plot. It doesn't need a plot. The plot is its football team is trying to hold itself together, and there's injuries and drama with the ownership. Like, that's the plot. We don't need anything else. Uh, And they're trying to, you know, work it through and get to the end. And at the end, ultimately, the team overachieved because Tony D ends up being just a really great coach. And, you know, he got something out of... uh, Willie Beeman, who's, they're going to go off and do their own thing, and Christina's got her man that she wants in power at coach now, so everybody wins. It's great. I loved it. Loved the movie. 10 out of 10. And that's not even being objective for guys who like movies. It's just a great movie. I mean, I know Oliver Stone's not for everybody, but I, I liked him. So 
Yeah, I'm also going to give it a 10. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite football movies. Um, <laughs> Given every movie a 10 we've done, that's great. Hey. Um, they all deserve it. I mean, if I get enjoyment out of a movie, why not? It's my it's my rating. I'm gonna give it give it a ten. Uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I always have loved it since theater. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite football movies. One of my favorite sports movies. Uh, it's my second favorite Oliver Stone movie. Uh, one of my favorite Pacino movies. It's just a really slick, fun, quotable movie. It's got a lot of shit going on in it. It's gritty. You don't get that in a lot of sports movies, you know. They, a lot of them have. They're trying to go for a message. They're trying to go for a sim, you know, a uh, not sympathetic. What's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to go for that happy, optimistic ending type deal, you know. This is this has kind of that, but it's still realistic. They keep it grounded. Um, I don't know. It's just a good story. It sucks you in every time you turn it on. Like you could watch it. There's a lot of parts you can just flip this movie on, and be like. Oh, it's this part of the movie. I'm in. Like, you know, even if you aren't watching it, if you saw it on TV and certain part of the movie just kicked on, you, you could sit, sit there and watch that part of the movie and be entertained by it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of those types of movies. It's just got a lot of entertaining stuff going on. And it stands out compared to just about any other football movie, especially. But it's a lot, like, I don't even know hardly any sports movies that really compare to it. Like, just, it really stands out in the crowd. Like, it's very unique. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, you're right, because every other movie is always about, like, got got to do that happy ending or the Hollywood twist or whatever. And this is like, no, look, in reality, some of your player, some of your favorite players uh, bang hookers and they do coke and they're not good people. And that's I'm, just what we know about, like, you know. I mean, uh, you know, basically this, you know, they show this last game in Dallas is like the end of the line for everybody involved on that team. You know, all the main players and the coach. Yeah. But I mean, and and look, not every and and again, (laughs) not every player is going to be a bad guy. Cap Rooney was a nice guy. He didn't even swear. You know, Cap Rooney was a great guy. He was a great teammate. Yeah, he's like, you know... He was, uh, he was frustrated with, you know, <laughs> losing his job or whatever, but he still handled it like a professional at the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, you know, Willie, he just doesn't give a gee whiz about anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's so that's so hilarious. But, yeah, he... Uh, and, and, again, it, it also shows, like, the injury aspect of football and... You know how, uh, like I, I, I would actually be curious to see maybe not a remake, but um, or a, maybe not even a sequel. Although I would mind a sequel, but just something similar to come along and and try because I, I do think that uh, I don't know, maybe uh, well, never mind. He owns the XFL. I was gonna say The Rock because <laughs> he did Ballers, and what was. What's interesting with ballers is they showed players like doing drugs and everything, but then they would also reference the NFL. They'd have NFL players on the show. So I was wondering, like, did the NFL just relax their stance because they they got playmakers canceled? No. And then, I mean, the players that did drugs were all fake. 
So they inter- they had fake players amongst real ones, but so could know. they could they do this kind of movie nowadays, like with the the landscape of sports now? Like, is it is it just too different now? Like that's how it was back then. That's why it's so great. Hey, I don't know. I mean, I I almost feel like you'd have to do a sequel. What if they did a movie like this, but they did it back in the steroid baseball days? <laughs> that would be interesting. Right? That would be interesting. Like Oliver Stone's take on, like, McGuire and Sosa's chase. Hmm. That could be good. By the way, you said this was your second favorite. Can I guess your first favorite? Yeah. Natural Born Killers. No. Ah, I thought Pl- for sure that would be it. Platoon. Platoon, yeah. I think you mentioned that. Dang it. <sighs> Platoon's just so good, man. Well, let me get out of here. I'm not going to do the whole thing because we'd be here all night. But uh, I cut it down. The last paragraph is the uh, end quote here. (laughs) This is, of course, the famous pump-up speech from Coach Tony D. All right. Again, the last paragraph of it because I didn't want to read the whole thing. He says, I'll tell you this. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that inch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore is because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You've got to look to the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're going to look in the guy who will go that inch for you. You're going to see the guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team, or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? I can shut a brother down so quick, my sound so sick, my time's been around while I hold my cape. Ridiculous shit, immaculate, evolutionary closure, one more dough. Bang with the best, get a best, all the rest, should have blessed with another it's a lyrical maze. Typical days, God works in mysterious ways. I'm a warlord, a war to leave the raw dog. Planes ain't even coming close to my low score. Stay sleeping, but I'm on a hardcore beat that's slamming through your Jeep like a 44 Mac to get back. Hell, never got ripped by a track. I don't mess around, always come back with a lyrical miracle day one. Platinum black right off the bat. Legendary figure with the mic on my arm. Time bomb blowing up, ring the alarm. Cool double O flow well to the LL. I'm a real world and I'm hard as hell. I shut him down. When it comes to the lyrical magnum, my bag, I'm snag, I'm drag, I'm out, bets, wagon, do you fashion, replace all the blood on my bank with the passion, mash it, take a little time and think the rhyme out, how to find out, bump and grind out, pump the lines out, I'ma show you what the microphone is all about, without doubt, C to the double O, bounce in the bubble-eyed limo, no, I ain't checking for your bullshit demo, every time they put me in a battle, I'm lethal, you too sweet and low, you ain't equal, I shut Get off me!
outside the mansion. Keep it thugged out, even when the brother dancing, branching, take that chance and keep advancing. I'm a word of every rap in the game, can't stand the rain, never maintain, gotta lead the world of flames. Son, I'm to live life, stay out my lane, celebrate my name. Here's a murderous combo, enjoy your pain. Sound waste, stimulate the brain, the flames. Wanna feel me, spit the whole clip, sing along and split your lip. 45 with my name on the grip, you said you wanna battle money now, talk. I shot down.